This morning I'm going to, I'm going to read about four or five scriptures on the greatness of God. And the reason why I, I, I want to do this this morning is because the enemy wants us to be overwhelmed in this season. The enemy wants us to be focused on everything that else that is happening around us in the season. The enemy wants us to lose focus. And so this morning I got a, a simple word and all I'm going to minister to you on this morning is on two things about our God and four things that our God is able to do. Because I believe that in this season it is so important that we have a real and a true revelation of who our God is. It's important that we don't lose that. You know, we can get so overwhelmed and so caught up by the fear. When we went into first lockdown about a year and a half ago, you know, everyone was preaching on fear and overcoming fear. And, and God never really led us as a ministry to go along those routes. But now, in this third wave, Man, I mean, I, I, I see it, I hear it, but fear has become really the number one enemy again yeah. to people's faith. And this morning I want to encourage you, man that, man, that our God is still in control, that our God is still sovereign, that He is the King of Kings, He is the Lord of Lords, and today we're going to look at the greatness of God. Amen. Some reading scriptures really on the greatness of God. Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 6 says this. It says, No one is like you, O God. You are great and your name is mighty in power. Hallelujah. Can I, can I just read that again this morning? No one is like you, O God. You are great. Our God is a great God and His name is mighty in power. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you, speak the name of God. Hallelujah. Declare God's name. Speak His name over your family. Speak His name in this season. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. I was reading a, a story on worship and um, there was this missionaries that decided to to have a, a, a month-long crusade. And all they did was worship. It was in Kenya. And they got Christians from all over Kenya came down to this crusade. It was in their capital. And they, they had a big, a big venue, an open venue. And they got the speakers up. And they were playing worship music. And they were just declaring the name of God the name of Jesus over the airways. And they said there was, a, there was a moment, there was a moment in their worship where they could literally hear the demons starting to scream. Mm -hmm. They could hear change being broken of the hearts and the lives, not only of people that was there, but over their city, over their nation. Mm -hmm. Man, and I believe in the name of our God. I believe that the name of our God is mighty. The name of our God is powerful. And I want to encourage you, man, let worship, let the incense of God arise in your home. Come on, keep on praying, playing that worship music. 
May get your family together and just have, just maybe sing one song together of worship. Declaring his name in your home, man, over your community, over your family, over your loved ones. Man, and I believe the demons will, will flee in Jesus' name. Amen. Chains will be broken in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 1 Chronicles 16 and verse 25 says this. It says, for the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is, he is also to be feared, reverently worshipped above all gods. Hallelujah. Amen. For the Lord is great. And he is greatly to be praised. He is to be feared. He is to be reverently worshipped above all other gods. Mm -hmm. 1 Chronicles 29 and verse 11 says this. It says, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Hallelujah. Let all glory to God. It says, all that is in heaven and all that is in earth belongs to our God in Jesus' name. Isaiah 12 and verse 6 says, it says, cry out and shout, O inhabitants of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in your midst. I'm going to make this one personal this morning. And I'm going to say this. I'm going to say, cry out and shout, O inhabitants of South Africa. For great is the Holy One of Israel in our midst. May I want to encourage you this morning that even in this season, that God is in our midst. Hallelujah. The mighty one of Israel. He is in our midst. The God who is able and holds you in the palm of your hand. He is in our midst. Hallelujah. And we need to, the Bible says we need to cry out. We need to shout it out. We need the world to know that man in the midst of this third wave, that God is still sovereign. That God is still in control. And that God is still great in Jesus' name. Second, um, 1 Samuel chapter 12 and verse 22. This is a powerful scripture. I just want to give you a little context very quickly. Israel sinned. And, and, and Samuel the prophet went to them and he told them, man, you guys, you, you have messed up as a nation. You betrayed God. And, 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 and the Bible says, so they came to Samuel. And they, they, they begged him, they said, Samuel, please pray to God and ask him to forgive us. And this was Samuel's response, hallelujah. It says, for the Lord will not forsake you. He will not abandon his people. Even though you sin, even though you messed up, even though, man, things have gone God alone, God will not forsake his people. Listen to this. For his great namesake. Hallelujah. Because he has, because it has pleased the Lord to make you his people. Man, I want you to know that as a child of God, 
When Jesus died on the cross of Calvary for you, when you accepted Him as your Lord and your Savior, and you have been engrafted into the family of Almighty God, I want you to know that was pleasing to God. And God is saying that even in this season, I will not forsake you. I will not abandon you for my great name's sake in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So I just wanted to encourage you with the scriptures. So this morning, I want to speak to you very briefly on two things about our God. And four things that our God can do. And I want to start off with this, with this story. There was a father and a son that were standing outside one day. They were busy playing soccer. And the father uh, or the son asked the father a question. He said, Dad, how big is God? And the dad was, he started looking around and he was thinking to himself. He's thinking, how am I going to explain to my son how big God is? And so as he looked up, he saw a, a, an aeroplane, a Boeing passenger airline aeroplane fly over, but high up in the sky. He asked his son, he said, son, how big is that aeroplane? And he, his son looked up and he says, not that big, dad. He took his son and put his son in the car and went for a drive to a nearby air, airport. They got out and they stood in front of a Boeing passenger airline, the same one that flew in the sky. He asked his son the same question. He said, son, how big is this aeroplane? And his son said, it is huge there. And his father answered, he says, and that's the same with God. You see, God, this God's size is dependent on how close you are to him. Come on. Amen. And, and, and I want to start with that this morning. Can I say that again? God's size is dependent on how close you are to him. In this season that is full of fear, we got to stay close to God. Amen. When we are faced with big problems, we got to have a big God. Amen. We got to have a big God. When you're faced with big problems, you got to have a small God. And I want you to know we serve a big God, but His size is dependent on how, how, how close you are. So in this season again, I want to encourage you, come on, you got to spend time in the presence of God. You got to pray without ceasing in this season. You got to read the word. You got to study the word. You got to meditate upon the word. You got to speak the word. You got to stay close to God. Stay in fellowship with God in this season. Because in this season, we need a clear revelation of who our God is. Hallelujah. I love what David says in Psalm 34. He says, he says, ascribe greatness to Jehovah with me. In other words, another version says, he says, magnify the Lord with me. Hallelujah. And that is what we're doing this morning. I, I, want, to, I want to speak to you about two things about God. And all I want to do this morning is to ascribe greatness to our God. All I want to do this morning is to magnify God so that you have a clear picture of how big and how awesome our God is. Hallelujah. That our God is not a small God. That he's not a God made with the hands of man. That he's not some idol that has ears that cannot hear or arm that cannot save or an eye that cannot see. But the God that we serve this morning is a living God. Hallelujah. And he's got an ear that hears. He's got an eye that sees. And he's got an arm that saves this morning in Jesus' name. 
And so this morning, the first thing that we need to learn and remember, I want to say remember this morning, because it's not that we don't know this, but, but so many times when we're caught up by life, we forget. And this morning, I just want to bring it back to remembrance that number one, God is for you. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on. God is for you. You say, Pastor Ash, that is so simple. Yeah, it's going to be simple this morning, but the word of the God, Lord and this truth needs to, man, it needs to get anchored into our hearts today. Say it with me this morning. Say, God is for me. God is for me. Come on. God is for you this morning. God is for us. And what that means, the opposite of that is, you know what it means? It means that God is not against you. Amen. God is not against you. We ministered on this a few weeks ago. Naomi said, thought she, she believed that God was against her. But I want you to know God is not against you. Hallelujah. God is for you in Jesus' name. One of the greatest lies of the enemy is to get you to believe that God is against you. Uh, and, 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 but this morning I want you to know that that's simply not true. That God is not man against you, God is for you. And you need to understand something that God, that means that God cares about you. And it means that God loves you. Hallelujah. Uh, John 3 verse 16 says, For God so loved us. He so loved the world that he sent Jesus to die for us. Hallelujah. Come on. So God loves you. God is for you. Not only is God for you, but I want you to know that God is working things out in your favor. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good, for those who love Him, and for those who are called according to His purpose. Now I want to make this, I want to make this declaration today. I want to speak these words into your heart today. Man, I want to raise your faith today. And I want to say, God is for you. God loves you. God cares about you. And God is working things out in your favor. Man, I want you to declare those things this week over you and over your family. You want to say it. Look in the mirror this week. Listen to the sermon again. And stand in the mirror this week and say, God, I thank you that you are for me. I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you care about me. And I thank you that you are working things out in my favor, even in this season, in Jesus' name. Romans 8 verse 31 says, What shall we say about these wonderful things? If our God is for us, hallelujah, who can be a against us? Come on. Man, man, I felt this when I was busy preparing. God was for Moses, and because he was for Moses, man, when they were faced with an impossible situation, God opened up the Red Sea. God was for Joshua, and he made the sun stand still and gave them victory. God was for Elijah, and he made fire come down from heaven. God was for Daniel in the lion's den, and God delivered Daniel, and God could deliver Daniel. I want you to know that God can deliver you, because the same God that was for Moses, the same 
Jesus. Uh, the enemy wants us to be caught up in fear in the season, but we rebuke the devil in Jesus' name. Uh, we're not going to be moved by what we see around us. Uh, man, our faith uh, is securely anchored on the Lord God Almighty. Amen. And this morning, once again, I want to encourage you. Number one, God is for you. Hallelujah. Come on. God is for you. Number two, God is with you. Hallelujah. God is with you. One of the greatest promises in the Bible is that God is with us. And, 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 and because God is with us, it simply means that we therefore do not have to go through life on our own. Many times I've gone through hard and difficult seasons. But the one thing I can say with confidence this morning, every past difficult season that me, Pastor Ash, has ever gone through, I've made it through to the other side. And, and, I, and many times I, I, I always ask this question, sometimes to myself, sometimes I'll ask Pastor Jim, and I'll ask this, I say, how do people live life without God? I, I don't know. I don't know how people live life without God. Because I'm grateful, man, that even when I was sick in my body, after a few days, the healing power of God restored me. Oh, that even when, when we were in financial need as a, as a family, God brought us through every bad season that I ever faced. Man, I'm standing here today, hallelujah, by the grace of Almighty God. I'm standing here because I serve an awesome God. I'm standing here today and I am grateful today that God has brought me through every season. There's not one difficult season that has destroyed Pastor Ashley or his marriage or his family or his children. Every difficult season God has brought me through. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Why? Because God promises us in his word that he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He will never abandon us. But he will be with us. Amen. And whenever I think of this, this truth, it reminds me of Moses in the book of Exodus chapter 33. Now Moses goes to God. Moses was the man that God used as the deliverer of God's people. God used Moses um, as the vehicle, as the tool, as the instrument, as the vessel to, 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 to as the leader to get God's people out of Egyptian bondage through the Red Sea. When they got on the other side of the Red Sea, the Bible says there was, there was great rejoicing. And as they were traveling along, God now started putting things in place, getting Israel ready for the promised land. And in that time, Moses then goes and he goes and he spends time with God. And, and as he's spending time with God, he says, Lord, Man, I, I, I want you to know I'm grateful and I'm thankful that you have called me and that you have given me this task of leading. Historians say there was about one and a half million to two million people. He says, I thank you that you've given me this task to lead these people to 
the land of promise. But God, you never told me who was going with me. And this is in Exodus 33, verse 12 to 14. Listen to this. It says, Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up this people. But you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name. And you have found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way. That I may know you, and that I may find grace in your sight. Tell me who will go before me. And God says, listen to God's response in verse 40. He says, my presence will go with you. And many times that is where we stop. But that's not the whole, the whole, the whole answer. The whole answer is this. He says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Man, this blew me away because I, when I read this, I decided I, I need to study this a little bit deeper. So God tells Moses, listen, I know you've never been in this situation before. You've never led so many people. You've never passed through a wilderness before. This is your first time. For 400 years, the people were, in, 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 were slaves. Now they're free. But I want to make you this promise that I personally, personally, I will go with, I will, I will be with you. Amen. And not only will I be with you, I'm going to connect a promise to this. I will be with you and I will give you this. Man, I want you to know in this season, this is the first time in South African history, in the history of the world, that we are experiencing a pandemic, a third wave. And you know what God is saying to us this morning? I will be with you, but not only will I be with you, I'm going to connect the promise to this. I'm telling you that I will give you rest. Now this is what is powerful. The word rest, uh, man, there was two other words connected to this word rest. Uh, the first was the word victory. In other words, God said, man, I will be with you, and wherever you go, I will give you victory. Amen. Ah, I'm here to encourage someone this morning. Man, you got to expect victory in this season in Jesus' name. Again, I want to cancel everything that you are hearing right now. Everything that you are seeing right now. Man, I want you, this morning I want to encourage you, don't lose focus in this season. Don't allow fear, man, to grip you in this season. Don't allow every all these things that's happening, man, to get you down in this season. God promises us. He says, I will be with you. I will give you rest. I will give you victory in Jesus' name. The second word that is attached to this is the word peace. Hallelujah. Come on. He says, you know what? You, you're going on this journey and you've never been on this journey before. But I will be with you. I will give you rest. I will give you victory. And I will give you peace. Hallelujah. That means, man, and I love this. Listen to John 14, verse 27. This is what Jesus said. He said, my peace I will give you. Not as the world gives. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither be afraid. Hallelujah. In other words, God is saying, man, I, I will be with you. I will give you victory. I will give you peace. You don't have to fear. You don't have to be afraid because it 
You know what the, the, the Amplified Bible says? The Amplified Bible says this. It says, do not let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Listen to this. Stop allowing yourself to be agitated and disturbed. In other words, made agitated to be agitated, it speaks about a feeling, having a feeling of trouble or being nervous. And God is saying, man, in this journey, in this season, I will give you victory, I will give you peace, a peace that surpasses all understanding, a peace that, that is not a peace of this world, it is my peace. And, and this, this peace comes without agitation. You don't have to be agitated. You don't have to be nervous. You don't have to be troubled. You don't have to be bothered. You don't have to be jumpy. You don't have to be tense. You don't have to man, be frantic. You don't even have to be on edge. Hallelujah. Because my peace will settle your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Man, I love this. Man, make a note of this scripture. I want you to read it. I want you to meditate on it. I want you to pray it this week. John 14 verse 27. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives. Let, let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Don't be agitated. Don't be disturbed. Do not and do not permit yourself to be fearful and intimidated and, 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 and unsettled. Come on. Man, the enemy wants you to be fearful in this season. He wants you to be unsettled in the season. There's another word here that says, do not be cowardly. In other words, man, you've got to have faith in God. In Jesus' name. Don't lose your faith in this season. Man, don't be agitated. Say, I'm, I'm not going to be agitated in this season. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm not going to get... I'm not going to be nervous in the season. I'm not going to get upset. I'm not going to be bothered. I'm not going to be jumpy. I'm not going to be tense. I'm not going to be frantic. I'm not going to be on edge, on edge in this season because God has promised me that He will be with me and He has promised me that as He journeys with me that He will give me rest. He will give me victory. I can expect victory every day and He will give me peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Man, I love God. Very quickly, four things that God is able to do. Number one, God is able to save. <laughs> God is able to save. I love what Pastor uh, Joseph Prince says. He, he does a study on the name of Jesus. And he says this. He says, the name of Jesus literally means Yahweh is our Savior. Or the Lord is our Savior. Or the Lord is the one who saves. I mean, that, that means that every time you call on the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name, you're calling on the God who saves. Now, you, you need to understand this. I always say this. Some of you have heard me say this before. But saving is Jesus, is God's speciality. Saving is God's job description. If you think of Tiger Woods, what do you think of? Golf. If you think of, of Ronaldo, soccer. Now when you think of Jesus, saving. Hallelujah. Come on. Man, it is who our God is. Our God is able to save. And I can confidently declare that and speak that over you and your family this morning. That no matter how 
difficult and how hard life may seem right now, if you would call upon his name, if you would say, Jesus, help me. The Bible says that Peter, the man was walking on the water and then he got caught up by what he was seeing around him and he began to sink. And as he sunk, he started crying out to Jesus. And you know what Jesus did? The Bible says that he saved him. The Bible says that he grabbed him by his hand and he lifted him up and he saved him. When you call upon the name of Jesus, I want you to know that he will save you in Jesus' name. Even if it feels like you're drowning right now. Even if it feels like you've got caught up by what is happening around you. Man, just call upon the name of our God. He will save you. Hallelujah. Amen. He's able to save you. Number two, he's able to keep you. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's able to keep you. Second Timothy 1 and verse 12 says, For this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until this day. That word keep also means the means to God. In other words, he is able to guard me. Hallelujah. To God means to protect. It means to stand over. It means to watch over. It means to look after. It means to take care of. It means to defend. It means to shield. In other words, when God says that I will keep you, what he's saying is, I will guard you. I will watch over you. Man, I will shield you. I will preserve you. I will keep you safe. I will keep you secure. I will shout to you. I love that. I will fortify you. Come on. Isn't that powerful? I want you to know in this season, you can pray and you can say, God, I thank you that you are my keeper, that you are the one who will guard my family in the season in Jesus' name. God, fortify my home, fortify my children, watch over my marriage, watch over my job, watch over my finances, watch over everything that I own in Jesus' name. We will not lose in this season, we will win because you promised us victory in this season in the name of Jesus and your word says that you will keep me. Psalm 121, he says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills, whence forth comes my help. Yeah. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. Listen to this. He who keeps, he who guards you, he who shelters you, will never slumber nor sleep. Behold, he who keeps Israel. Hallelujah. The Lord is your keeper. Come on. Two things that God will do for you. Number one, He will save you. Number two, He will keep you. Number three, He will deliver you. Hallelujah. Come on, He will deliver you. Daniel chapter 3 and verse 17. Listen to this. This is the three Hebrew boys. They are standing in front of King Nebuchadnezzar. They are about to be thrown into the fiery furnace. They got no way out. They've been tied down. They've been bound. Listen to 
to what they say in Daniel 3 verse 17. They say this, this was their response to King Nebuchadnezzar. As he was mocking them, as he was basically telling them, man, listen, if you don't bow, you're going to be thrown into this fire furnace and you're going to die. Listen to what they say. They say, if that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us. Hallelujah. Number three, God is able to deliver you in Jesus' name. He delivered them from the fiery furnace. He delivered them from the hand of an evil king. I'm here to encourage you this morning, man, that God will deliver you even if they turn up the heat, even if it looks like things are getting worse in the season. Ah, my God will deliver me. Even if it seems, man, like there's no way out, my God will deliver me in Jesus' name. What I love about these three Hebrew boys is that they have faith in God. Man, and in the season, don't lose your faith. You've got to believe that our God is for us. You've got to believe that God is with you. You've got to believe that God is able to save you. You've got to believe that God is able to keep you. And you've got to believe that God will deliver you in Jesus' name. God delivered them. Hallelujah. God delivered them. Man, he jumped into the fire with them. Hallelujah. I want you to know, man, that even as we journey through this, this third way, man, I'm confident that I never have to do life on my own because God is always with me. God doesn't pack up his bags and go on a journey or on a holiday when things get tough. No, man, when things get tough, God is still there for you. He is still there for your family. He is still there for your children. You just got to believe. The Bible says these three Hebrew boys, they believe. They said, King, do what you want to do, but our God will deliver us. Hallelujah. Number three, God will deliver you. And the last one, but number four, is God is able to succor you. The word succor, S-U-C-C-O-R, means to assist. It means to support in times of hardship and distress. Hallelujah. God will succor you. God will support you in times of distress. He will be your support. But the second picture I love about this word, it's this. It is a picture of reinforcements of troops. Ah, man, in other words, man, you are under attack from all sides. It looks like you, you, you don't, man, you outnumbered by the enemy. But then God says, man, if you call upon my name, I will succor you. I will send you reinforcements. Oh. Hallelujah. And we see that throughout the Bible. When Elijah and his servant was surrounded by that Syrian army, God sent reinforcements. When Joshua was faced with the wall of Jericho, God sent reinforcements. When Peter was in prison, God sent reinforcements. I'm here to encourage you this morning that God is getting ready to send reinforcements. Hallelujah. God is getting ready to send angels to come and help you, to support you in this season in the name of Jesus. Don't give up in Jesus' name. Amen. Keep on 
I mentioned Elijah. I mentioned Joshua. I mentioned Peter. Jehoshaphat. When they were surrounded by the army, God sent reinforcements. Hallelujah. But what they all had in common was that they were all prayer warriors. I want to encourage you in this season, come on church, don't stop praying. Amen. Don't stop seeking the face of God. The Bible says while Peter was in prison, man, he had God's all over him. The Bible says that the church was earnestly praying for him. I want to encourage you this morning. There are some of you, you, you say, Pastor Ash, man, some of my family members are really suffering in this season. They're really struggling in this season with unemployment, with grief. The Bible says that while Peter was bound, the church was praying. Don't stop praying in this season. Pray for your family members. Pray for your children. Pray for your home. Pray over your finances. Pray and say, God, thank you that you are able to save. Thank you that you are able to deliver. And thank you that you are able to succumb. Thank you in the season that you send support, that you send help, that you send reinforcements, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Peter didn't even know that God was delivering him out of that prison. He thought he was, he was seeing a vision. It was only when the angel left and his eyes opened that he realized that God did the miracle. I want to pray for you this morning. And I want to pray that no matter what prison you might seem to find yourself in today, I want, I want you to know that God's got the key to any prison. That God will send his angels, reinforcements. Today, I pray for you in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I pray for God's rich church. I pray for our families. I pray for extended families and friends and colleagues. I pray this morning, Father God, Lord Jesus Christ, Father God, even for families that will be listening to these recordings, Father God, afterwards, Lord, I pray right now that you will strengthen their faith. I pray right now, God, that they would come to know you, Lord. I pray that in this season that they would not allow fear, Father God, to win. That they would not, Father God, um, Lord God, get, uh, Father God, feel troubled or nervous or jumpy in the season. I pray, Father God, that they would know that they would have the faith like the three Hebrew boys. A faith that believed that you can deliver. I pray that they would have a faith that believes that you are their support and that you will send reinforcements. God, I pray for families that need a miracle this morning. I pray God send reinforcements today in the name of Jesus. Send provision today, I pray God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Send healing today, God, I pray. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray for Chloe this morning. I pray God heal her today in Jesus' name. We declare by the stripes of Jesus that you are healed in the name of Jesus. I pray, Father, for complete healing over your people. Those that are still struggling to breathe. Right now, Lord God, I say, Lord, breathe your breath of life on the inside of your people. In the mighty name of Jesus.
I pray, Father God, place an expectation of victory, an expectation of hope, an expectation of rest and of peace on the inside of your people. We will not give up because we serve a great God. Hallelujah. And we look to you this morning. In Jesus' name. And all God's people say, Amen.